This is KVR, Kaiju Vision Radio, live. Welcome back to Kaiju Vision Radio, a podcast about the appreciation of kaiju and tokusatsu movies and discovering their historical and cultural value, bringing you film reviews with an emphasis on international affairs and the history and culture of Japan. I'm Brian Scherschel. And welcome back, everyone. I hope you like how the new look works with our lives, and uh, it'll look very good, I hope. So, good day to everyone in the United States. Good evening to everyone in Europe, and good night to everyone in Japan for our Japanese viewers. So, uh, hello everyone, and I hope you are all having a uh, good day today. Uh, and we're here to talk about United States national security. We're going to talk about the election a little bit, and I'm going to talk about the issues with uh, the Ishiro Honda video that I released uh, almost two months ago now. And uh, we'll talk about, I'll talk about that a little bit. We have the social media information for the show running right now at the bottom of the screen, all the handles and the websites and everything else. So check on that. Um, I hope that everything with the sound and the video is working properly. This is, uh, if not, this is uh, something that's very new. So uh, I'm very much trying my best. We did have a couple of dry runs, but uh, I think uh, I think things are looking pretty good now. So, um, first, actually, I'll mention the new animated series that is coming out uh, related to Godzilla. I believe it's another Netflix thing. Um, I, from what I could tell, uh, only a small amount of information about it came out so far. But even based on that small amount of information, uh, it seems that people already dislike it, um, of course. So I guess it's, like, cool now to not like it automatically or, like, like anything automatically when it's announced. Um, this is rather a strange phenomenon, but it, it is... Uh, it is a very difficult year, and uh, people are having a lot of issues. So I think what I'll do is um, I'll start with um, national, U.S. national security and the election. Um, I don't really talk about American politics on this show a whole lot, but I, uh, it is related to Japanese national security because it's getting that bad here. Um, So let's let me start out with that. Um, let's see. So it's possible right now. You know, we have the we have the virus in the White House and all of these other things that are going on uh, right now. It's very very difficult for this country. Very difficult period. Uh, elections last far too long, and uh, that's basically all this country does anymore is elections. It's possible that you know, countries like North Korea, Iran, Russia, China, or not or possible non-state entities 
could take advantage of the current situation. Uh, the president isn't paying much attention to this right now, except his re-election. And with the virus in the White House and so many of the uh, members of the administration getting the virus, and uh, we have a lot of generals who are quarantined, um, this is uh, very difficult. Things are tumultuous right now, and I think it's an incredible amount of uh, instability. Uh, there could also be an addition to the instability if there is a uh, presidential transition uh, taking place after the election, uh, depending on who wins, of course. Um, regarding the presidential transition, it could be the most um, difficult and unpredictable transition, presidential transition in American history. The Economist said yesterday that former Vice President Biden, Senator Biden, has a 91% chance of winning the Electoral College. I am uh, not that certain. I predicted Trump's 2016 win very early in 2016. A lot of people didn't really believe me when I first said it, but I, and I said he's got it, and I, he did. But I, I think there would, be, there, would be, there would need to be a very, very big uh, shift in the polls for me to think that uh, Trump can overcome something that he probably would have done that by now. You know, if there was going to be a shift, it would probably have occurred by now. I mean, there's less than a month until the election. Anything can happen, though. Uh, we're only halfway through October, and there can be a number of October surprises still to go. Uh, I think the number one surprise was actually him uh, testing positive for the coronavirus and having to go to the hospital. Um, we haven't had something like that in this country where uh, the president's uh, life is uh, in danger. Um, a lot of people say since the Reagan administration when he was shot by that crazy person. But also, there, I think people forget this a lot. But in uh, I remember George W. Bush when he was in Georgia, the country of Georgia, not the state of Georgia. When he was there, though, in Georgia, he was on a, uh, a raised you know, stage outside, and he was giving a speech. And uh, it wasn't until after he left that the Secret Service, I believe it was, either that or the Georgian military, they found an unexploded, I believe a grenade, uh, that was under the uh, stage. Uh, and so there, there was an assassination attempt on uh, George, President George W. Bush uh, in Georgia, um, look that up, but uh, that is a pretty big deal. Um, so, and it's almost assured by now that uh, Vice President Biden will uh, will probably win the popular vote. But the question is, is if he will win the electoral vote. So next, what I'll do is uh, that I mean, so like, here's the problem. This would mean that this is the first time a sitting president has been removed after his first term in 28 years, almost 30 years. I consider it highly likely that the presidential transition period will be a very risky time for the United States. The countries I mentioned earlier uh, could try something during this period. The administration could have their eyes off the ball and an opportunity for aggressive action uh, could occur, and they could possibly get a very, very big payoff because of the national security risk. So what kinds of situations could there be? Well, the same kinds of risks that those familiar with the news and events have been talking about for years. As far as China, Taiwan, you know, maybe they would go to Taiwan or the South China Sea, do something there. 
or the Senkaku Islands of Japan uh, in the East China Sea. China could do something there. Uh, any one of those things. Um, there could be, there, these would probably be, depending on any country or non-state entity, they would be a very quick movement because you have to rush in and do something fast before we notice it and before we can respond to it. However, because everything's so busy and so tumultuous here, that means that our eyes are off the ball, potentially, and therefore there's an opening uh, for us to be taken advantage of. And it's over by the time we can do anything. You know, it's done and over by the time we even begin to respond. The 2008 invasion of Georgia by Russia was during the 2008 Summer Olympics, a time that was supposed to be a time for all nations of the world to come together. Things are so easy to take advantage of now, and we have a virus in the White House. The virus has turned so many of our lives upside down. We're in an election year, and the transition is going to be a complete mess. Japan just got a new prime minister, and I'm not saying that he's green or that he's in a... But the thing is, he is in a position, uh, first new person in this position, after um, Prime Minister Abe held that position for a very long time. The point is that Prime Minister Suga is not some kind of security risk, but the new prime minister is just starting out his new job. And that's the point. If you're an adversary, it's a better time for them to try something than in Japan. Uh, there could be a possibly an opening there, too. And since uh, the new prime minister, uh, his, he's starting his term, and that's almost concurrent with uh, us possibly starting a new president, uh, this is another opportunity for them to possibly exploit Japan. Because the action by the adversary would likely be a very fast maneuver, this would be because the, you know, the time would be of the essence. And the best way to stop it would be a rapid reaction military response, go in very quickly and then fix it. But I, I don't know how easy it is to pull that off, and uh, a lot of times the, uh, the person invading would have a better chance of success. Overall, the world has almost never been at a more perilous time, at least in the past 50 years. While I could, as a, like, we need to know like what is going to to happen to us, and I, I really hope that uh, I I think that it's going to be very um, it's going to be very tense. And uh, I remember when the president was diagnosed with the coronavirus, and I I think that that I I sat there watching the TV almost all night because they let they let it they let the news come out uh, like what Friday night, very late at night. It was something like midnight, even though uh, this whole saga had been going on for a week. And, uh, and, and so it's almost surreal to look at all of this happening in front of you. Uh, I, I wish that we would have less interesting times rather than more interesting times. Quite frankly, I think we've had enough. Uh, I think we've had enough going on this year and I really would like some. I really would like some boring things to occur. I hope next year is very boring. In fact, I hope there's always hope, right? So, yes. So the realization that this is actually happening uh, regarding what's happened in the White House. Um, it, it turns out that the president, the president's wife, the president's 
uh, campaign chair, uh, Senator Lee, Senator Tillis, Kellyanne Conway, uh, and other members of her family, the president of Notre Dame University from Indiana, uh, Reverend John Jenkins, Senator Johnson. Uh, there are so many uh, people in the upper echelons of uh, the elites and of uh, the government who have now uh, contracted the virus. And it's, uh, it, it's almost like a movie at this point. Uh, and I wish that it's not, a, it's not a good movie. It's a very tense movie. And though I like uh, really uh, interesting suspense movies, I've just about had enough of it. I think a lot of people have had enough of it. And I hope that we're able to move on, right? Because uh, it's been a tough time for me. It's been a tough time for probably you. And I hope that things can get better. Um, so next what I'll do is, uh, since I didn't do it last time, I'm going to touch on the uh, the Honda video that I did and the sort of reaction to it, because that's important. And uh, so I wanted to take a look at it and collect my thoughts, because it's been almost two months um, since this uh, was released. I believe it was the 24th, so almost 10 days uh, short of two months ago. So uh, while I could blame the reaction to the Honda war crimes video I did on today's political climate and how polarizing and, and all this debate about cancel culture and all that, I, uh, I don't think that's the right direction to go. The hero worship of Ishiro Honda is really the, the crux of the matter. He wasn't a hero and he wasn't a victim, but uh, going up against fandom dogma is always a, a bit of a challenge. And I've done it numerous times, but this is a, one of those times that people actually noticed it. I didn't think that they would collectively fail as bad as they did in understanding what I was trying to do. I think that there are a lot of good people in the Godzilla fandom, but the clickiness uh, really ruins them as a group. The drive for likes and retweets and attention in social media, it's really a nar and social media is really a narcissist's playground. And I think the masks really got taken off this year and the last four years in general, and we got to learn who's uh, who is who. Uh, I, I think politics in America is destroying and has the potential to destroy so many things that people love, whether it's G-Fan Magazine, G-Fest, the convention, our health, our lives, uh, the shameful politiza politization of everything, uh, the virus, the convention, all politicized by extremists and extremism, demands for purity, demands for attention, greed, hatred, bigotry. It's a real shame that so many people just look for excuses to be abusive towards others. And uh, it's a very difficult thing. So I had some really angry people on my comments saying a lot of very abusive things, uh, putting words in my mouth, that kind of thing. It was uh, quite, quite interesting to read uh, some of these responses because they were so far off uh, what I was trying to do. And a lot of these people are people who didn't know me, didn't listen to Kaiju Vision, didn't listen to the war crimes video in the first place and just decided to comment, you know, without actually listening to anything I say. That happens a lot. Uh, it happens a lot on social media, too, where I say something and then the reaction comes, even though they barely even read or understood anything I was saying. 
but uh, that's that's typical. Straw, arguing with straw men is a lot easier than uh, arguing with a real person. Um, I find it funny that some of these people were the same people that go on social media and say, you know, these are real people on the other end of the computer, you know. And in, in fact, they engage in uh, quite abusive things. But um, there was uh, there, there were fewer than five people uh, over the past almost two months who actually wanted to talk about what I said about Honda and the war crimes in a civil manner. Uh, maybe some of that's the political climate, that's for sure. But uh, there was also uh, there were people who were trying to get attention uh, for themselves out of this and, and get a piece of it. Um, I was on uh, Twitter. Uh, one was on Twitter, and uh, that person uh, talked to me. And uh, it is not in DMs, but in public, and and you can still see the public exchange on that. Um, he asked me what I should think, uh, what he should think about Honda's movies now, and because he was having a, a, a sort of um, moment of uh, challenged faith regarding these the movies that Ishiro Honda did, but. That that wasn't the point, and I, and I said, and I told him that wasn't the point. Uh, the point is not to make you dislike Honda movies. You know how many Honda movies are are in the Godzilla fandom? I mean, it's a ton. Um, I wasn't trying to uh, cancel Ishiro Honda. That this is uh, that was pretty funny reading, seeing that accusation, and and I it was very difficult to to wrap my head around something like that because it was such a uh, I believe a purposeful uh, misunderstanding in order to be able to make it easier for them to uh, to argue with something. You know, it's much easier to argue with something that someone didn't say than it is to argue with something that someone did say. Uh, and I think this, I think the same of Ishiro Honda's movies now than I did before all of this happened. And so I, I don't. I don't hold a different opinion of those movies at all. I still, I still love them very much. I'm still a Godzilla fan. Uh, I, I think, I think the same of his movies. And it's not my intent to make anyone change their attitudes about Honda's movies or feel weird about watching them because the, you know, the director was a Class C war criminal who was unindicted and was able to escape any charges or punishment. I think the intent uh, was to make more of a case for paying it more attention to the women who suffered and died in the comfort women camps because they deserve to be noticed and their suffering is not to be taken lightly, which very often it is. And I don't think anyone should think differently about his movies as a result of this. That is not that kind of a message. But I, I think once you have learned about this issue enough and learned about how bad it was, and and I mentioned this in the video, I talk about how bad it was, a lot of the women in these camps did not survive. This was not a thing where it was a simple brothel or whatever, and they just, you know, were prostitutes or whatever. This, is, this was not it. That ain't it. And... Uh, it was a lot worse than that. And once you've learned about how bad it is, it is very hard to not form an opinion about that because it really affects you. I mean, if you have any kind of empathy, this really affects you having to read about this. And one person's opinion that they reach after learning about this is going to be different based on the individual. And 
people feel passionate one way or another. There are 50 different ways to think about this issue and 50 different opinions to have. And probably not everybody is going to have the same opinion, of course. And everybody's going to come at it from their own direction, uh, personally, and their life experience and their morals. And I, frankly, was just tired of how people in the fandom who act so big about human rights and how they never talk about that about this issue. I was tired of people ignoring that part of the Honda book where it talks about this. I was tired about how there's a lot of misogyny in the fandom. And most of all, I was very tired of the official Godzilla fandom line, practically official, you know, the whole, this was a very bad thing that happened and he didn't want to do it. And he atoned for it by making Godzilla movies. So that's it. Move on to another topic. You know, that's basically the long and short of uh, what people try to make the official fandom position about. And once you've learned about the comfort women and what they went through and how long of, of the time that they went through this and what happened to them after. And it, when you hear someone give you the official fandom line, it becomes just not something I want to even listen to. I don't want to listen to the people who say it. I, you know, I had it up to here, so to speak. And I, I make no, uh, I, I make no apology for that. I've always thought that international laws and institutions need to be strengthened and not weakened. And the more we don't punish people for crimes against humanity and other war crimes, the worse and worse it'll keep getting. I mean, just look at Syria and just look at all of the horrible things that happened there. And I mean, it, it, talk about human rights violations. And because if we actually strengthen international institutions and international law and the enforcement of international law, there will be fewer moments of carnage and suffering that we're going to have to see. Uh, and I, I think just look at what look at what the administration did to the Kurds. This this was horrible. The like it was a Kurdish genocide. This is so horrible. And like. It's been such a topsy-turvy year during this election. We barely even hear about how the president screwed over the Kurds in order to curry favor with a horrible man like Erdogan, the prime minister of Turkey. Also, the fact that so many criminal war criminals in Japan got off is one reason why war crimes denialism is a thing in Japan. And I see a lot of people in the Godzilla fandom who are against war crimes denialism but they don't acknowledge what caused it. Well, the reason is that there are a lot of Japanese who weren't punished, and because the war crimes tribunal did not go as planned, uh, the Tokyo trials didn't go right. The comfort women and their plight are being paid attention to more and more, and it's time we get caught up on this part of history. And it's time to realize that there's more to this issue than just Ishiro Honda and all this defensiveness about Ishiro Honda. Shifting the attention to the victims is good here, and I don't, I think a lot of Godzilla fans get it about the atomic bombings. They understand that part of World War II history. I don't know if they understand the comfort women issue. Uh, they don't seem to understand how bad it was and how uh, it was so 
one of the worst things that any institutionalized government has ever done to anyone, I think. And I don't think this should be discussed all the time, uh, but I do think that the facts in the video that I did previously should be something that you keep in the back of your head and something that you know about. And the victims of this uh, were some of the unluckiest people in the world having to go through this. It was, it was terrible. And um, I, I think no matter how you reach the decision of, you know, oh, well, Honda Atone, I, I, don't, I don't care where you come from in your morals to reach that decision. Uh, the point is international law and international institutions should stop things like this from happening now and in the future. Uh, there are so many human rights violations occurring in so many places, uh, whether it's in China uh, or, or other places. Um, you know, the Chinese and, their, and, you know, the concentration camps and stuff like that. Um, I, I think if you're going to engage in hero worship of Ishiro Honda, you should know more about the person you're engaging in hero worship of. You should know a little bit more about that. And even though the Honda book, that, that Honda biography has been out for years now, a couple years, a few years, um, I don't think anybody paid attention to it because it was barely a page that was spent on, on this topic. Like what, two pages? I don't know. I have the Kindle of it. I don't have a physical copy of it anyway. Um, lastly, I think it's hard to... I think it's hard about the, about the person. I mean, what's important is that you you know that this is a real person. This person wasn't a hero. They were a real person. They were flesh and blood. They went through a lot of things in their life. Uh, and I think that it's hard to talk about the history of the comfort women as long as I did and not have somebody disagree. Uh, it, it's hard to talk about this issue and not have somebody disagree with you. It's a very tough issue. And I, uh, however, I didn't hesitate to mention it uh, and to talk about it. And I knew that none of the movies in the Godzilla series or most any other movies that I could cover that are even related tangentially to Kaiju, I knew that this issue would not be uh, something that would give me an opportunity to bring it up. And that's why it took so long. Uh, a lot of this issue was in the back of my head for a couple of years. And uh, I think it was one of the hardest issues that I've ever covered on the show. It really helped me understand more about how awful these atrocities were and how these were some of the worst crimes against women in all of world history. And I, I don't know if there's enough um, understanding of this, but it's important that we try. It's important that we try to understand and try to have empathy for the actual victims of this. And I, th I think that's extremely important to get that across. So let, let's look at the chat here. Um, thank you. I'm glad that the sound is working. Uh, yes, Zach, I miss, I miss boring politics too. I, I wish we had politics that was just as boring as Japan's politics. No offense. We actually envy it. Um, yeah, boredom is highly underrated. Exactly. Um, I think a, a, a yeah, I agree. A, a, a long vacation would be great. I think everybody needs a long vacation. Um, so, um, what I'm going to do is we can, uh, if you have any questions to ask about anything right now, 
uh, we can do that. But uh, I will stay on the issue of the comfort women very briefly because there was a story that came out about this uh, very recently um, regarding Berlin, uh, Germany, which um, there's been a sort of a back and forth regarding the comfort women issue and uh, the statues because the statues uh, for the comfort women are a big, big issue. Like it's not just in the United States that statues are a BFD. They're a BFD regarding the comfort women issue. Uh, there, there was a, a statue in San Francisco and that was a big deal. There's a lot of controversy about that. There are also comfort women statues uh, very close to two Japanese embassies in South Korea, uh, and and that was uh, those were that was another point of uh, those other points of contention there, uh, and so this is this has happened uh, in, in other places, and there's there's like probably fifteen other things that I could mention regarding this, but what happened in Berlin was is that they initially they accepted Berlin accepted this comfort women statue, and then the Japanese government pressured. Uh, Berlin to rescind that decision because of uh, the, the Japanese position is that it's divisive and that it's unhelpful and that it it, it, it hurts relations with everybody. Uh, and so the initially uh, Berlin said that Berlin approved it and then they rescinded the approval uh, following objections from Japan. And so then pro-South Korean groups and uh, comfort women groups, they protested and said that you need to suspend the rescind, you need to unrescind this and allow it, allow it. So this is going back and forth. And so this is, uh, this is still going on now. Uh, and now, and now I guess they are going to, uh, that let the statue remain for now and the statue you can look it up online but what it looks like is it's a uh, it's a platform that's on the ground and then there uh, is a on the bottom of it or on the on the top of it there's a, a big long explanation of what the statue is and what is commemorating and uh, symbolizing and then uh, there is a, a statue of a, a woman uh, in one chair, and then there's an empty chair in the uh, right next to her, and that that's what it looks like. And it's this sort of gold, bronzish-looking. Well, it actually looks more gold, kind of actually, than bronze. But uh, it's a it's a statue of a of a woman just sitting there. Um, and th this has been a, a very difficult issue. I mean, San Francisco had a, a comfort women statue. Uh, and that was uh, also a big deal because the city of Osaka, Japan, uh, actually, they uh, they got rid of the sister city relationship between Osaka and San Francisco. And in a lot of ways, uh, Osaka is like the San Francisco of Japan. It's a, it's a little bit more liberal, quite a bit more liberal than Tokyo, which is often uh, Tokyo is considered pretty conservative. And uh, but there is... Uh, there, there was that contention, and uh, and the Japanese uh, in Osaka said, "Look, we're going to get rid of this sister city relationship uh, because of this statue and uh, and how much of an issue it is." And so the the comfort women issue is a really really huge thing, and I I don't really know what is uh, 
what is going to come of it. And this issue is not going to go away. It never has. But this is one of those times in, um, in world history where it, it's, a, it, it's getting more exposure. And so that's is difficult. And this issue is so difficult. And uh, I really, uh, I hope that there was not as much of a, I wish it wasn't so contentious, but uh, a lot of the, the, a lot of Koreans, they believe that Japan has not done enough to repent for uh, these human rights violations. That's a, a lot of it. Is, that's the point. Um, so, I'll stay on the topic of Osaka, actually. I'm going to shift just a tiny bit over to that. Um, currently, uh, there is going on a referendum in Osaka, uh, which is uh, the, the question of the referendum is whether Osaka should be a, uh, what do they call it? a metro, metropolitan-style government like in Tokyo, because Tokyo has a metropolitan-style government, but Osaka doesn't. Uh, so this is uh, right now a big issue uh, just in Osaka. And it's the idea is is that it would help uh, economic growth uh, to, to have uh, the same kind of system in Osaka as there is in Tokyo. Um, but uh, there are a lot of people who are against this, however. Um, the Osaka prefectural chapter of the Liberal Democratic Party is opposing this, um, and the, uh, the and the LDP is the the ruling party in uh, the national government in Japan, and they said that it that this move to create a metropolitan government would hurt uh, delivery of the service of the city services to residents, and um, so that is going on right now, and. Um, we'll see how that goes and I'll, I'll be, I'll post a few stories about this too. Um, the original proposal, this is the second time this referendum has actually come up. It was actually not approved, uh, in 2015. Uh, it came up five years ago. And so, uh, we're trying to just keep track of this as it's going. Um, it's very interesting, but, uh, I, there, the way that that cities are integrated or integrated with themselves is uh, an, an issue in a lot of countries, and um, there really isn't that as much here because of the states and how a lot of stuff it just settles down to the states. Uh, but this would be a very interesting development. I'm not sure how it's going to go. Uh, I don't know if there's much of an indication as to whether we know it'll pass or not. I, it's probably going to be pretty close. So, along with that, uh, I think there's a lot of stuff going on that in, in the world right now that we need to keep on and that we need to keep track of. And there's, But there's so much. The news is so fast, and the news is just uh, really coming at us quickly. And I, I wish that it would slow down. And I, I don't know if uh, we're being given enough respect I don't think the American people are given enough respect for by, by the politicians and by elites. Uh, there's a, a lot of really deplorable things occurring in American public life right now. And um, going back to the Godzilla fandom, I think a lot of what's going on in the Godzilla fandom is bad things that's going on in society in general, and that is uh, spilling over 
into the Godzilla fandom, the divisiveness uh, and the uh, the bigotry and all the other problems. And I, I think that's a, a real, I think it's a real shame. I think it's very unfortunate. And I hope that um, institutions are, are not just uh, thrown away just because of uh, political divisiveness spilling over into uh, every aspect of our lives and uh, how everything is being politicized. It's unfortunate. It's a shame. And I, uh, I hope that that doesn't happen. I hope that it stops and that we're able to get back to some kind of normalcy when uh, people can be nicer to each other. Um, but I think that's... Uh, I think that's about all that I had to say today. Uh, it's, it's going to be a relatively short live compared to compared to usual, but uh, there there's really been a lot happening this year, and uh, the next month is going to be rather rough, I'm sure. I, I think, like I said, every time through until the presidential transition is over, it's going to be a very risky time for the United States. I think it's going to be a very frightening time. And uh, everybody's already very nervous and scared of so many things that are going on in our society. But I think the next, uh, up until uh, January, up until the inauguration, uh, if if there's a transition at all, you know, if that happens, uh, I think that we're in for a very rough road. And I hope that um, people have a little bit more patience. Uh, and I think that. Right now, the, the worst thing somebody can do is bring up a contentious uh, point just because the, the politics uh, is just going to infect everything and it just get, keeps spilling into uh, every aspect of life that isn't political. Everything's getting politicized. So I think that I think we all need to uh, step back and realize what's important. And I think uh, I'm going to keep watching. Uh, and I think everybody else should keep watching. But it's it's very difficult right now, and I hope that things are uh, going to be better. But uh, right now it's right now it's pretty scary, I think, folks. Um, I wish I had better news for you, and uh, I think you know once we turn on the once I turn on um, cable news again, I'm going to look at it, and probably there will be more problems occurring. But uh, we just have to take it a day at a time, and we have to uh, be strong, and I hope that uh, everybody who listens to the show, that I hope that you'll be safe and that you'll be okay, and uh, I don't mean to sound so dire right now, but the thing is, um, I don't know how else to put it, it's tough. And I hope that I hope that everybody's going to be safe, and I hope that I hope that listeners are able to uh, be all right, and I hope that we all make it through this year. Again, uh, I mean, we, we've had over two hundred thousand people die this year from a virus that shouldn't have even been let into the United States in the first place, and uh, the the number of lives lost and the number of lives affected over the past four years, uh, negatively affected over the past four years, has been uh, very substantial. I knew that when I created Kaiju Vision and created the philosophy behind it, that there 
you know, in I created the show in 2017, thought of it in 2016, and then I uh, I knew that the next four years after 2017 was going to be bad. I didn't know it was going to be this many people killed as a result. I didn't think that it would be this bad. Um, it got really badly really quickly, didn't it? But there's not much that we can do about it either. And I, I think the I think the elites of American society have failed us in so many ways and so hugely. And I think we've learned exactly how much politicians care about our lives. They don't even care that we have lives or that we're alive. And I, I think that's, uh, it's indicative of, of where American society is right now and just of uh, how horrible the situation truly is. Like the, the more you read and learn about what transpired over the past four years here in this country, I think uh, the more frightening it is. And I don't, again, I don't mean to sound dire, but I think we're in for a very rough three months. And I hope that uh, everybody, again, that, that I hope that everybody stays safe. Um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to sign off here at, at this point. And I think that, uh, I think I've made my, I think I've made my point. Um, but what, what we'll make sure to do is that, uh, I'll make sure to stay here for you. And I hope that you stay here for me and that, uh, we can avoid some of the, uh, some of the nastiest side effects of, uh, of politics in this country and I hope that uh, all of us live to see the next see the next year um, again I, I believe that there is an incredible risk to American national security right now as we speak and it's only going to get worse at least for the time being so uh, I, I'll uh, I think I'll finish here um, If you'd like to send some feedback, I'd love to hear from you. The email address is feedback at kaijuvision.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Kaiju Vision Radio is available on kaijuvision.com, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, and Podcast Addict. I'm Brian Scherschel, and this is KVR Kaiju Vision Radio. See you next time.